future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. I hope that everybody in Southern California is enduring our surprise heat wave. Um, it's been quite a news week last week, a real roller coaster, as a matter of fact. I mean, the world was wooed by the royals and the royal wedding. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the weekend, the world was shocked by um, the assassination of one of the world's largest demonic characters, Osama bin Laden. And um, I am so pleased to have on the news with us today Elizabeth Espinosa, who is a reporter and anchor for KTLA News. And you can see her live reports every day on KTLA Morning News. Welcome, Elizabeth. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Um, who knew, right? Uh, we went from the royals to the capture of America's number one uh, enemy to now it's Cinco de Mayo. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it is. We did have you on the show to celebrate Cinco de Mayo and your heritage. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my heritage. <laughs> uh, so it is very, very timely, but um, I couldn't, I couldn't help but you know, think about the timeliness that you were joining me on the show, and we had planned this about three right. weeks, a month ago, and you never really yeah. know what's going to happen. We knew that the royal wedding was going to happen, um, right. but, you know, now we've lived through the coverage, and I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about being a news person during these times. Of course, during the royal wedding, we know that newsrooms were booming with that, you know, as it got closer and closer to the wedding and, of course, the post-coverage and who went, mm-hmm. what was the dress like and all of that kind of stuff. And right. then all of a sudden it's like, wow, you want to talk about an arc in a movie? I mean, all of a sudden Sunday afternoon, just when the royal coverage was getting a little boring for everyone, like, right. boom. And um, a lot of my friends who are working with news institutions were called in. They got the email that they have to come in to work immediately because this happened. And right. Um, right. I just wanted to like I wanted to know what your point of view was when you heard the news and um, how it affected your friends who cover it from the news side. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know, I will say it was uh, very interesting. I I was. Uh, uh, dinner with my father uh, Sunday because it was yeah, his birthday, and I'm literally walking into my door, and my phone is blowing up, and it's mostly a lot of my colleagues as well saying, oh, my God, are you watching the news? Are you watching the president? And I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, what's the big deal? And I'm pretty good about even, it's probably not good, but 
even on during social hours, I'm checking Twitter. I mean, who knew 10 years ago, right? We'd have Twitter, and it really has been uh, credited for breaking big stories. And I hadn't seen anything yet. So I was like, what's everybody talking about? I walk in the door. The first thing I do is, you know, I just rented some movies with my dad. We were going to watch some movies. And I turn on, you know, the TV, and I go to our station, and it's President Obama talking about Osama. And it was emotional. I mean, I think uh, even though here on the West Coast, we didn't experience it, you know, directly like those on the East Coast. Um, it was very emotional, and it was interesting because some of my friends who, I mean, 10 years ago were reporting at LAX and saw live pictures. of You know, I actually did not see the planes crash live into the towers. Uh, I remember that day on 9-11. We all remember specifically where we were. I was not even awake yet because I had worked a very late assignment, so I was still asleep. And, uh, and of course, when I woke up, you know, I, I learned everything, but my very good friend, Helen Kamari from CBS, called me. She's not there anymore, but she was in tears and says, oh, my God, I remember, like, being at the airport, and, you know, we got this guy, and so very interesting. I mean, then, of course, I sat on my couch listening to the president and tweeting, you know, it was just like a thunderstorm of tweets from my end, trying to get as much information, and uh, and then absolutely, I, I do a segment that uh, deals with homicides and uh, other unsolved cases with all of law enforcement in Southern California with crime stoppers that we produce, shoot, and, you know, get to get pulled together on Mondays. Well, as you could imagine, Sunday night, I knew that's not going to happen, so I got called in early for Monday and um, did a, a ton of, you know, research and was on the phone. And I want to say up until yesterday, I did not cover a story about, the assassination of Osama bin Laden. No, it's um, it, it's it was really crazy here too because I learned about it via Twitter. Well, actually, my husband told me that it was on the news, and he called me over. And the first thing I did, rather than listen to the news, is just get onto Twitter. So Isn't that something else. <laughs> excuse me. Isn't that something else? It really is. It's you know, it's like when you really have to learn about something fast. That's what you do. And lo and behold, you know, all of my you know follower, all of the people that I'm following, were talking about it. And it's right. so interesting because you're in a community, and people, news people, and non-news people are sharing information and right. um, discussing it live. You know, right at the moment with questions and answers. Um, right. Think about Twitter that a lot of us have analyzed who, you know, stay in the Twitter universe a lot in, you know, this can never happen in traditional news because, you know, there's formulas. But what happened on right. Twitter is like about 10 to 15 minutes later after the shock and people were emotional and people were talking about where they were on, you know, 9-11 and all of right. that kind of stuff. Not, it was 10 to 15 minutes later and this is kind of terrible, but this is the nature of social media. People started, you know, having a sense of humor about it. And that could never happen on traditional news. Now, I don't mean in a sacrilegious, you know, in a, in a sacrilegious form or um, in a disrespectful form. But, like, 15 minutes later, like, um, a Bloomberg reporter from New York just says, now, does this mean I could take my large shampoo onto the planes again? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah, people actually, started, uh, you like, 
I went with some. So with a, I saw a Twitter a tweet that made me laugh. It said, "Oh, great! Now, if TMZ has this video, we're all done for sure." <laughs> right? No, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, when you're when you're off, when you're kind of off conventional news, turn off your conventional reporter hat, right? And you go into right. this universe. You, the conversations could get like really, really crazy, um, you know. And then there's discussions right away. Is this a conspiracy? Is it real? How do we know it's real? Should they show pictures? Should they not show pictures? So all of the things that rolled out on traditional news this week were already discussed in that one hour after it happened on Twitter. No, you know that's a very it's a brilliant point, Cindy. You're absolutely right because there, it's such an open forum. Yeah, I, I have to tell you as well, which you probably don't know. I was, uh, once they started to explain and show the map, because I don't know the layout of Pakistan very well, but I was in Pakistan uh, in 2006, and they talked about how Abbottabad is not far from Murray. And I went to Murray. I was in Islamabad, and we went to Murray, which is a beautiful hillside um, kind of a vacation, you know, resort. And I was, uh, wow, I thought to be, you know, supposedly he was there the last six years. So that's just about the time that I was there. I thought, wow. You know, they say you never know who you walk, you're walking next to. I mean, who knew I was in Pakistan while this man is believed to have been there. But um, that's kind of wild. So you crossed the path. I, right? I mean, it makes you realize, wow. Like, I was there. My God, no wonder my mother was so worried about me taking a vacation in Pakistan. <laughs> well, you know what? It's good that you did it then and not now. I know, and in fact, that trip, you remember the, uh, it was in 06, and they, we had the, uh, the scare with Virgin Air, you know, Air with the, um, the alleged terrorist plot, um, Al-Qaeda with, you know, the flights out of Heathrow to LAX. Well, I was scheduled to fly back in those days, so I thought, wow. And so that's when everything was a mess. You couldn't get through Heathrow. They shut down the airport, uh, and it took me like two days to try to get back through that airport. It was mess. Yeah, no, I would imagine, you know, people are were surmising or pontificating on whether or not airport security is going to really get a little bit more relaxed, um, and the answer is no, not right now. Maybe, you know, maybe sometime in over the next year, after the year passes, but from what I understand from my law enforcement contacts, my national... Mm-hmm. You know, security contacts. This is the year where security is really going to be probably tighter than we have known it because of the fear of retaliation and the systematic measures that have to be taken. Absolutely, Cindy. I mean, that that goes absolutely. I mean, in fact, you know, we were at a press conference on this Monday, yes, with Sheriff Lee Baca, which is interesting. Our, our sheriff here in LA County. And uh, we were just in a parade together as the Grand Marshals on Saturday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that, isn't that funny? And then we, I see the sheriff, you know, Monday morning at the uh, East L.A. Emergency Operations Bureau with a press conference, you know, with the FBI, with the Coast Guard, um, with the Port Police, LAX Airport Police, and, of course, LAPD Police Chief Charlie Beck. And they all talked about that very thing. I mean, they don't want to instill panic in the community, but that is absolutely the new, the next phase, which is we don't have a specific threat. We're not saying there's reason to be alarmed, but we are saying there's a lot of reason to stay and maintain vigilance and report any suspicious activity or behavior 
Um, but I think your point of, you know, security, will it be better? Will we be able to, you know, take our shampoo bottles and hairspray? <laughs> the practical on, matters, right? <laughs> yeah, the practical matters, right? Onto airplanes, uh, no chance. In fact, I think as you, as you pointed out, and you're absolutely right, it is going to be tighter. And I don't, I would actually speculate more than a year. I think it's, because these guys are good. I mean, look what they did. They were dormant for so long. And of course, now we don't know what that infrastructure looks like, but, uh, LAPD Police Chief Charlie Beck made a very good point, and he said, we may have cut off the head of, you know, Al-Qaeda, but we did not take out the organization. No, no, that's and, exactly right. Now, we have a couple of more minutes in the segment, um, and then, of course, we have m- many more segments, but I have um, a question that confused me a little bit. You know, national security and the President of the United States said that they did not want to release the pictures of you know, of Osama after he was killed. And, right. you know, the thing that confused me is is that CNN released pictures. So <laughs> what, uh, what happened there? <laughs> now, that's funny. You know, here's the problem with that in this day and age with so much technology and this little thing called Photoshop. <laughs> right. It, right? And you don't know. And unless it's coming from the U.S. government, I, I'm sure CNN... Their intention, you know, their intentions were good. They wanted to, you know, we're a competitive business. You know, we're still a business at the end of the day. And they wanted to be the first to get whatever pictures have come out. But the president has said, you know, the White House has made that official announcement. So are those pictures the real pictures? I, I really, I highly doubt it. And here's why. Because also on Tuesday, there was a uh, story that had leaked locally in Los Angeles that one of the operatives was from Moreno Valley. So one of the guys in this operation, uh, and how do we find this out? Well, supposedly the father of this military man called in a radio station and was gloating about how happy that he couldn't believe it, that military personnel showed up to his door with a folded flag on Monday, and he thought, oh, my God, my kid is dead. Turns out the kid is not dead. They came, according to this father, right? He went and said, no, they came to my door saying, congratulations, your son was part of this operation that, you know, is the biggest in U.S. history, et cetera, et cetera. We congratulate you. And then he says he spoke to his son, who said, I saw Osama bin Laden's body being taken out. Oh, my gosh, the president has called us. I mean, all these amazing factoids, oh, right? Really... Thinking, is, is this true? Oh, my God. No, that's really amazing. Well, listen, we have to take a commercial break. Stand by. Don't go away. More with Elizabeth Espinosa right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn 
saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're with Elizabeth Espinosa, from, who you may know from KTLA News, but she has a very, very, um, really um, exciting history and great great news experience and I'm so honored yeah, to have you too. on the show really really honored yeah. to have you on the show I want yeah. you to talk about the fact that you had a very unique experience that you were handpicked by Oprah Winfrey to star on your own show tell us about that a little bit oh yes <laughs> Cindy I, again thank you for having me on your show I mean this is an honor you're such an expert in what you do and uh, to be on Stars of PR I think is such a great platform to share with everybody a little bit of, gosh, what's going on in the world and uh, the fact that uh, Oprah Winfrey is quite the queen of all media, let me tell you. It was so, such a, a, a privilege and um, such a learning opportunity to be around this highly talented group of people because Mark Burnett produced the show. Uh, it was your own show and uh, I basically was, you know, chosen out of, I think they said 15,000 people applied or, you know, tried out a nationwide search. I went to this cattle call audition <laughs> out of a cold department store in Laguna Niguel. Wow. I mean, you just kind of went. You, I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was really, it was so wild. I said, okay, it's a Saturday morning. I'm exhausted. But I'm going to go because, you know, you got to follow your dreams. you got to, you know, if you got a passion, you got to go for it. So I went down there and, uh, you know, I waited for hours. I was there all day and, uh, I had a 30, we all got a 30 second spot to stand up in a ground tape like 10 people and say what your show idea was about what you wanted to do. So it was just the funniest thing because the whole time I'm in this long line 
I've now befriended everybody around me, but this one girl in particular, she was a mom, had an idea for a kid's show, and she was a little shy, and she was very nervous, and I said, no, 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 I'm going to help you, so I'm like counseling her. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but, but the irony is, by the time we got to our little round table, 30-second spot, I felt I was more nervous than she was, and I told her, you did a better job than I did, oh my God. Oh, that is so funny. Well, it's just so, you know, you went, but, you know, you did kind of have a little bit of an upper hand, I think, only because you were in the news business. I mean, do you think so? Because was everybody else, like, regular people, or were well, other people in the news business as well? Yeah, no, there was a lot of people uh, who applied, as you can imagine, that were uh, in all of them. I mean, actors, there was a guy there, I don't remember his name. It, everybody was saying, oh, my God was on one of the big soap operas. So you got actors and a number of news people there applying. In fact, once I finally got picked and, you know, the secret and cat came out of the bag that it was me, I was the only person with news experience on that show as one of the top ten finalists. But all of my colleagues are so sweet. They're like, oh, my God, I applied too. So a lot of us applied, and, you know, I was so blessed to have been picked by Oprah Winfrey to be on your own show. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, listen, a lot of people, you know, they dream of working with Oprah. Um, you know, it used to be really one of the bars, um, in the public relations industry. And for those of us that have been in the PR side or the marketing side of the business all our lives, we, I can't tell you how many prospective clients, when they would interview a firm, would say, yeah, but can you get us on Oprah? And oh, course, that's yeah. right, I bet. And, you know, of course, it's very, very difficult to get on Oprah. You really have to do something quite extraordinary from Oprah's point of view. So we have to always be very honest and say any PR firm that's telling you they're going to secure you on Oprah, you know already that they're lying because it's not just that cut and dry. <laughs> exactly. So, bless you know. Heart for your honesty because that's absolutely true. And then there you are, and then you're really hand-picked. And yeah, now I know you didn't win the competition, but you got close. I did. I went halfway, so I was number five. Uh, it was, and it was such a, a blessing. I got to also work with Mark Burnett, who is, as you know, just fabulous and really a uh, a king at what he does. I mean, he is the king of reality. And he has done so many shows. I mean, every time I turn, I'm like, is that also a Mark Burnett show? He was fabulous. He, he's so cute. I remember the first day we just went to tape. He said, okay, um, he had a pink sweater over his shoulders. And he said, uh, everybody, just have fun. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, that's easy for you to say. We're trying to get our own show, right? But he was so sweet. And, in fact, the first time I met him during, you know, the auditions and all that, I walked in, and I, you know, generally, especially in the morning, I must, I must say to the world, my voice is raspy, but not always this raspy. This is more of my morning voice. No, it <laughs> and, sounds uh, sexy. Oh, thank you. And so I walk in, and Mark Burnett says, I love her show, I mean, her voice. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love him, thank God. But I did some research, and it was his birthday, the day of my audition with Mark. And, uh, and I said, oh, happy birthday. So I thought, hey, I think I may have scored some brownie points. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, listen, I think that you should call him and ask him if you could be considered for the next Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea, Cindy. You're right. I really think you should, because I'm watching this Celebrity Apprentice now only because it is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. It is so funny. I don't know if you know the cast that's on right now, because if you're not watching yes. it, how would you know? But, I mean, with Meatloaf, Gary Busey, 
Latoya Jackson, okay, um, know. The, know. you know, the Playmate of the Year. Um, and then Nini. That Nini is killing it. She, and, oh, out. my God. And Nini. Oh, my God. So you, Nini is like they had to keep her on throughout the show because she's the most entertaining thing. <laughs> yes. Nini is too too funny. I love how she says, and the other night I caught this, she said to Tar Jones, so where's Barbara Walters now? I'm like, oh, my God, she's terrible. Oh, my God. But it just, like, comes right out of her mouth, and that's who she is. What you see is what you get. But, no, um, she is hilarious. That, that would be a fun show. She's gonna. Well, I think you would be great on it because I can't. I'm not. I, I'm not a regular watcher, and I can't remember if there was ever a news person on the show. Oh, it's a great idea. You know, you're right. I mean, yeah. let's see how. Let, you know, news news people anchors are supposed to be intelligent people. Let's see if they could really take the task. Right. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> but, know, and it's and it's interesting because that's what I learned on this your own show is that it is a different set of skills. I think that there is a, a, a different, there's completely a different, uh, there's a different mentality because people think, well, if you're a newscaster, then you should be able to transcend smoothly. I mean, look, Oprah Winfrey did, right? She was a local reporter at what point. That's how she started. But she's also had 25 years to, you know, hone in on the skills and, and learn the craft because it is a different set of skills, and that was a really important takeaway lesson for me. Um, one of the reasons why I got busted on my last day was the, the interview I did with the celebrity mentor that day, I had gone over some questions with her about what she wanted to talk about, but it's so interesting that as a, as a, as a newscaster, as a journalist, you're not necessarily asking your subject, hi, what would you like to talk about today, right? You're actually, you're going out there and you're getting the story that's different. And if you're a host of your own talk show, you're catering to your subject. You're, you know, how, what would you, you know, they usually come on because they're pitching a show or an idea, a book, and so you're sharing that with the public. So that was interesting for me. Yeah, that was kind like, of a, yeah, it was like sort of a little bit of a sea change. You could do so much on television, but everything has a different agenda. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that, that makes sense because you've been sort of a traditional, you know, newscaster for many, many, many years where you weren't really presenting so much, um, you know, you weren't showcasing a special guest. You really went out in the field. You either went out in the field and reported or you were at the anchor desk and you were reporting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's, it, it is. It is different. I mean, I think where I felt comfortable was absolutely being in a studio. But, you know, the, you had asked me about the other contestants. The other contestants did have uh, quite a bit of experience as well. Not in news. Nobody had done news. So I was the live television person, but we did have two people who did like their own little talk sh- I mean, not talk shows, but um, one-man shows, one-woman show. And, uh, and in fact, the gentleman who was in a wheelchair, who was very excited that he won, he actually has a production company out of Texas. So he does commercials and stuff like that. So it was interesting. I mean, I think there were, people did have a little bit more, you know, related skills than, than was thought. No, no. Well, that, it sounds like it was a very exciting time for you. And, um, you know, yes. your website looks great, www.elizabethespinosa.net, for anybody that wants to take a look at all of her wonderful pictures and stories. So, listen, I have to tell you Thank a surprise, you. not in the upcoming segment, but in the last segment of our show, our friend Brad Boyer is going to be joining us. Oh, I love it. Okay. Brad because Boyer. There is a star of PR and... uh of so many different causes, you know, he's, uh, 
He's a good man, and we're very, very, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad he's going to be with us. He's going to be with us, so stand by for the next segment and then the following segment with, you know, entertainment lawyer extraordinaire Brad Boyer. And um, don't go away. We have lots to talk about when we come back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bullies enrage us. In tough economic times, we are motivated by fear, and this causes people to mistreat others. It doesn't just happen to school kids. You'll find it in the workplace, school, and over the Internet. Oftentimes, people feel that they have nobody to turn to or no legal recourse. Don't be enraged. Engage. Tune in to Bullies on Blast with your host, Aunt Delta Dawn. We'll expose bullies and strive to save the lives of those who are being bullied. Listen Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're with Elizabeth Espinosa. And for those of you that missed the first couple of segments, please feel free to go into www.voiceamerican.com. It'll be archived in perpetuity. Very, very interesting um, talk in history about an analysis of um, the killing of Osama bin Laden and the news cycles and hearing wonderful stories about 
news and anchor woman, Elizabeth Espinosa, and her journey and how she met Oprah, or should I say, handpicked by Oprah, to be on your own show. So, um, it's, so, it's so cute. You know, the, I, th- I think the, uh, what I enjoy, enjoy so much is everybody says, oh, my gosh, so are you, um, are you going to dinner with Oprah and Stedman all the time? Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> it's so cute. But I met a best friend, Gail, who is a sweetheart. Very, that woman should have definitely done the, the catwalk, the, you know, get a model. She's got the height for it. And uh, I'll tell you, what a great group. I mean, it, you know, I met Susie Orman, all her little stars, you know. Um, Dr. Let's see, I met Dr. Oz, not this time, but uh, Dr. Phil, who was very sweet. And, in fact, the first show, he was our celebrity mentor. And Cindy, I thought I was going to get eliminated that first time. It was so hectic. But I did a one-on-one interview, so that's how you kind of saved yourself. And Dr. Phil, who's a tough guy. Listen, I'm going to be honest. He's a tough guy. He is, no, he you know, no. Oh, yeah. He actually had, did not have to be nice to me. And I, I shook his hand. I said, thank you so much, you know, because he was part of picking me to stay on the show. And I gave him a hug. And he whispered in my ear, kid, bright future ahead of you. You've got a lot of talent. I was, like, so excited. I felt like I was 15 again. I'm like, oh, my God, he's so sweet. <laughs> oh, no. That, well, it sounds like such a fun experience. And so many, how many people could really talk about it? I mean, it's really a fun experience. And I think that, you know, it might open up some other really great opportunities for you. You have such a, you know, such a great background. I, you know, when I skim your CV, I'm like, wow, she really did a lot. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you you began your journalism career, you know, at Telemundo, and yes. um, as such the Cinco de Mayo connection, um, <laughs> and um, you know, of course, your heritage too, but. Um, you know, it looks like you were a girl that was born to produce news. I mean, you were born and raised right here in Los Angeles. You graduated from the prestigious UCLA. You speak uh, yeah. five languages. What languages do you speak? We know Spanish, but what else? Uh, French, uh, Italian, American Sign Language, and sometimes English. Just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes English, but, you know, of course, it's different when you sign, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, thank you so much. You're such a sweetheart. Um, you know, I feel very blessed. I think that, you know, we're, I feel so lucky to have parents who have been so instrumental and in always pushing me to, to keep and shoot for the stars and dream big. You know, my parents are, are immigrants. My mom came here uh, when she was about 17, 18 from El Salvador. My father from Mexico about the same age, actually. He came out here you know, looking for a better life for their children as well and have worked very hard to give, you know, my sister and my little brother and I a, a better life and more opportunities because that's the reality of this country. You do have more opportunities. And that's what I'm constantly telling kids is that don't waste it. I was very blessed growing up because my dad had a job, you know, in the airline business to travel. And so I would go to El Salvador during the Civil War, you know, in the 80s as a little kid. And I'd see these kids without... Any toys, which is all that's important when you're a kid, right? And and you and you you acknowledge that. Wow, you know, we are lucky, we are blessed. So that really helps. But um, I truly believe that you know we just have to. We as long as you, I tell everyone, stay grounded. I mean, you got to keep your feet on the ground because you know life gives us much, and we must give back as well. You know, it, it should go full circle. 
no, and I think that's true, and you certainly live that, that's for sure. Um, what Did you know that you wanted to be a reporter, like, while you were in school? You know, that's a great question, Cindy. No, I didn't, and, and that's what I tell kids all the time. You know, you don't have to know what you're going to be when you grow up immediately. You just got to know that you're going to keep moving forward, and that's what I, I did because I thought I was going to sue doctors. I was so bent on suing doctors, and people go, why would you want to sue doctors? Because my little brother is a product of medical malpractice, meaning, unfortunately, the doctor made a mistake, and so he has severe brain damage. And I was young. You know, I, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's my brother. I want to, you know, I want to do something. Right, and, right. and I do have a passion for um, the, the art of debate. I do have a passion for public speaking. And so I thought, well, maybe this is it. And uh, I applied to law school. I got a scholarship, sent money to hold a spot. And then going through a trial of our own, which we did not win, by the way, oh, uh, I, I realized, yeah, I realized the justice system doesn't always work out. There's all the, you know, it, it doesn't always work out. And so I realized, man, every client is going to be my brother in some symbolic way. And I know the pain of being on this side of it, you know, on this side of the fence, being family. And I thought, I, I don't know if I'm going to be the best advocate for people with disabilities being an attorney suing doctors. Right. Well, you can't, you, I think that you actually went to a more credible position. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thank the Lord every day because I don't know how satisfied with my life I would be, but I, I feel that um, he placed me in a much better position. And I, you know, and everything I do as a journalist, I always take into consideration that sector of the population, which is you know, so often neglected or, or not even thought of, because if you don't have that experience, you know, you're, you're not really exposed. But I think it's about, you know, being inclusive. And, and I think that that's important as a journalist, that we don't think of, well, you know, the folks on this side of town. You know, we have to think of everybody. everybody. Like when an earthquake happens and you're reporting it, you got to also talk about, can you imagine these families that have to bring, you know, have, you know, family members with wheelchairs, and what about the special, special medications that they need access to, what they got evacuated? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm always thinking of. And that's fantastic because those are the stakeholders, if you will, or the audiences that, you know, when a, a good disaster planner is doing, um, you know, a dry run for any kind of situation, let's say we're in Los Angeles, so it's, a, it's an earthquake, okay, um, or a fire, those are the most important constituents for um, municipal support to think of. Right. You know? I mean, and I wonder how many people really do think of that. Um, I, I shared with you that I'm writing a book about crisis management. And yes. one of the most important things that we emphasize in a crisis plan is are the, um, how about the people who are challenged? You know, whether they're elderly, whether they're not able-bodied, whether they're sick. I mean, they should be the first on the plan. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, but I don't know if everybody has their disaster plans, you know, rehearsed all that well. <laughs> right, right. No, it's so true. But your, um, your book is going to be so, so instrumental because people do need to, to think um, like that. And, you know, communities have to be better at taking care of each other as well. I mean, I'll tell you, as a reporter, I'm always amazed that somebody got stabbed, you know, a hundred times next door and nobody heard anything. And you go, really? And you didn't even know, you didn't know your neighbor? So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to be said about that. I, you think? <laughs> right, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Think. Oh my goodness gracious. So um, I'm gonna. What what else are you covering in the news these days? I know that's like really hard. So we we had these big events that we talked about at the beginning of the show. So in the past couple of days, what have you been covering? Well, no, it's really been Osama bin Laden, and that has dominated the coverage. And what I was actually um, sharing with you a little earlier in the beginning of the show is that on Tuesday, I believe, we all went on a manhunt because we thought that one of the operatives that took Osama bin Laden down was from the Moreno Valley area. So we all rushed out there with no addresses. I mean, basically, real a real um, you know grassroots search, if you will. Eventually found this father who called this radio show to say that his son was part of the operation. And Cindy, it turns out the son is a Army Ranger, not a Navy SEAL, but that uh, it may, I mean, the father insists that the story is true, but, you know, we couldn't go public with it because at that point, it's also a public safety issue for that family and also for that young man. And as much as, you know, can you imagine, in fact, you know, being one of those Navy SEALs? one of the 79 commandos that went in there on the ground and was involved in that, that gun battle, wouldn't you want to gloat? And say, a little, but, you know, from what I understand, they can't. From what I understand, they're going to keep, you know, well, I, at least of the actual um, seal that did the deed, I mean, yeah. I under, from what I understand from, uh, you know, a highly, co- it's going to be kept highly confidential and privileged information. They're never going to release who he actually was from what I last heard. Oh, no, there's no way they can. That is a highly classified case. I mean, it's amazing that we've gotten as much information as we've had. And those stills coming out of, you know, the White House, when they're watching, you know, this operation take place. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I mean, no, well, the faces, you know, the photo that the White House released was, I love that photo, where they're all just, like, staring at the at the monitor, you mm-hmm. know, and what their faces look like was just so real. I mean, that's going to be such, that's going to be the photo that depicts one yes. of Obama's greatest moves. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's the picture of his presidency. I mean, I'm not gonna, I think he probably aged 10 years those 10, 40 minutes that it took place. No, exactly. But you want to talk about PR here. Okay, let's talk about PR from a presidential point of view. Okay, so Obama's ratings are like all the way down. You know that. I mean, we know what everything that's wrong with the country was all Obama's fault, you know, and... And we're like, and you know, me as sort of a person that's been around and knows news cycles, I'm like, you know, he's really taking the rap for every single president that <laughs> was in the office behind him. You know, exactly. it's like, like this is really his fault. Like, yeah, right. What a great, you know, <laughs> you know, everybody's like, let's throw tomatoes at you know Obama when he's really not the bad guy. It was really all circumstantial. And then all of a sudden, he knows his ratings down. He just announces the fact, I mean, he just goes forward with his 2012 campaign, you know, and he has his, you know, big fundraiser dinner here in L.A. and all of that kind of stuff. And then, boom, just when things couldn't probably get any worse in terms of his ratings, right. <laughs> look at what he does. Wow. Right? Amazing. Amazing. No, 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 I agree. I agree. I mean, Fox News Channel was like, I'm sure, grudgingly reporting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. No, exactly. But they had to. But on, but the, on the other hand, with Fox, they're also very, you know, um, pro-Israel in their. Co- they might be anti-Obama, but they're also very pro-Israel. 
you know, yes. in terms of their news philosophies. So they yeah. it kind of balanced them out because they because of they I mean they have this agenda against Obama that's like super political because of their pro-Israel stance, right? Right. But so they had to kind of support Obama. It was very interesting from a news philosophy standpoint. Right, right. Oh, but, you, but you're right. I mean, that was the ultimate PR move. And I loved, oh, I loved, it, it, you were talking about Twitter earlier, and I loved how, you know when he finished his statement at the podium, he just turned around and walked away. And somebody tweeted, and I swear I got such a laugh reading all these tweets, President Obama just walked away like a bad mofo. <laughs> he did. Well, I know that Jeff Kimmel and they all did like this fake videotape of him doing backward somersaults like that. <laughs> oh my God! You yeah. Know. Well, listen, we have to take our our last commercial break, and then Brad Boyer is going to join us, and I'm sure that he's going to have lots of questions for both of us because he yes. likes to think of good questions, the lawyer that he is. So stand by. Okay, don't go away, and it'll be a really fun last segment. And Elizabeth Espinosa, you rock. Don't go away. (laughs) Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards 
than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Sadly, we are in our last segment of this fantastic show that featured news veteran Elizabeth Espinosa. But right now I have a special cameo guest who is the person responsible for introducing us and making this dynamic duo. So, Brad, <laughs> it's only natural that we invite you on to this last segment of the show, Entertainment Attorney Extraordinaire, you know, who's a little obsessed by the news business, wants to be a news star too, right? <laughs> hey, we all can't be stars like you two. I mean, oh, Brad! So good to meet you. Some love in, but we know you, and we know that you like to ask questions. I have to thank you so much, and Elizabeth. I don't know if you know this, but I did like a little tiny seminar for students at UCLA who are getting their degree in um, PR, and I was asked to speak about crisis management. And Brad comes to the class on a Saturday. Okay, comes wow. and sits there like. You know, a little boy that wants to know about crisis management. He was so supportive and so oh. wonderful, but that's how Brad is. Well, and let oh, me thank add you, to that, Cindy. Cindy. Actually, actually, I was going to mention um, what an outstanding job you you did do, and it wasn't a little class at UCLA. I wouldn't I wouldn't phrase it at that. I, I think it was a uh, you know a number of students there, a very um, well respected uh, professor there that, that brought you in to share your thoughts on crisis management. I can tell you, I learned quite a bit. Wow! Um, and your focus, uh, you know, about the crisis mindset and the disaster plan and so on and so forth. I know you guys touched on that a little bit today, um, but I really can't wait until the uh, the book comes out because I think that's going to be lots of great information, not only for PR professionals but for people like me as well. Um, you know, to, you know, allow us to get into that mindset. Well, thank you, and, and Elizabeth shouted out, and me too. So, really, thank you guys. But you know what? I want you to ask some tough questions because that's why you came on to the last segment. You came, you came in as the antagonist, but you love us both, so we know it's all. <laughs> <laughs> you'll give it to us with a lot of love. So, you know, I, I will. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I could ask tough questions of, of both of you, but, you know, we have Elizabeth on as a guest, and, you know, I, I, and, and I don't know if you've gone into this at all, but, you know, I'd be curious to, you know, let her share a little bit about maybe the backside of her business card at some point in time. I mean, I know, you know, she's a successful reporter at KTLA and does a great job, and she was at Fox, and, you know, she's been in this business for a long time, but I think almost as, as interesting as that is, is, is some of the charity stuff she does, and, and some of the behind-the-scenes things she does to try and help people in, in Los Angeles. But, you know, maybe before we get to that, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious about journalistic ethics a little bit. And, and um, I know, uh, for instance, you know, uh, Elizabeth mentioned this uh, not going public with this ranger's father. Um, you know, I also know yesterday, I, I think it was yesterday, she, she met with the family of somebody that just lost a little girl. And, um, you know, it was a very touching story uh, that moved a lot of people. And I'm just kind of curious, Elizabeth, how, how do you kind of balance that when, when you have information um, that people want to know? Um, I mean, how, what kind of filter do you have, if any, to decide, okay, I'm going to put this on the news, I'm going to go forward with this, or I'm not going to ask these questions? How, how do you make those kind of decisions? 
Uh, Brad, I don't know if you can hear me, but great question. Thank you so much. Um, I think the most important thing is public safety. I think we always have to think of people's safety. You know, it's great that, you know, you, it's a competitive business. We want to be the first to share certain information and get it out there. But a lot of times you just have to weigh it out and say, wait a second, you got to take a few steps back and look at the big picture. And what are you doing? Because you're sharing other people's lives, other people's stories. And so I take that and I, I, I mean, I, not only do I appreciate, I cherish it. And I think it's so important to look at the picture and say, wait, if what I'm about to report is going to hurt this family, then I'm not going to do it. it. You know, I'm not here to destroy families. I'm here to, you know, improve the quality of lives through a story where you may learn something or, um, or you know, or help a family like the, the story we covered yesterday about a little girl who was hit by a, a hit-and-run driver, never stopped. And, you know, I, the mother was a mess, and I, understandably, and I said, you know, I'm in her bedroom. She's lying in her bed, crying, you know, uncontrollably. And I said, I understand, and I want to share your stories because I want people to care about your daughter and maybe somebody will turn in the person who, you know, drove right past and never stopped. Um, so I think it becomes, you know, when you talk about the ethics, it really is about people's safety. It's about their livelihood. You know, you wouldn't want, ever want somebody to lose a job, for example, because of a story that you report on or, you know, you have them to some way find themselves in a bad situation. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, on, on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, Cindy, you know, are there any ethics um, involved um, when you're a PR professional and, and you're retained uh, by one of your clients, and, and you know they say, okay, Elizabeth Espinosa of KTLA is going to run this horrible story, um, you know, about me. Uh, can you call them? Can you get out some disinformation or? or something like that. I mean, conversely, is there any kind of ethical issues uh, that PR professionals are faced with um, in dealing with those kind of situations? You see, he is the, the, the lawyer, the great question right? asker, right? Very, very good question. You know, my after being in PR and marketing for as many years as I have been, I, I have to say that the best PR people really think like news people. If a PR person does not think like a news person, they probably shouldn't be in PR or they should probably be in paid advertising or something like that because it's really a public relations professional's responsibility to tell their clients exactly how they think a news story is going to roll out without hiding it with baloney. And unfortunately, there are a lot of PR people out there that will try to... I, you know, they will fabricate the news chronology to their clients so that they could keep the account or they're afraid that they're going to be judged by their clients. And the key really is if you think from like a news person from the very, very beginning, you're not going to have ethical issues because you're going to be straight with them, you know, from the very beginning. And guess what, guys? With, the, with that question... Our right. show is coming to an end. <laughs> oh, no. Let me just we say really quickly, Brad is awesome. Because we really need to do this again, and I will plan a show maybe after the summer with the three of us so that Brad can ask us more questions, and he could be the interviewer of both of us. So I <laughs> want everybody to you know, download this show because it's full of really great information and be safe this weekend and it's supposed to get cooler here in Southern California, so enjoy. 
<laughs> Thanks, Cindy. Bye, Elizabeth. Thank you, Cindy. Bye, Brad. Have a All great right. day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I've got synthetic